all these messages come from? Hey, Dr. Lewis, this is Sunil, uh, your advisee. I was uh, having trouble sleeping. I texted you a few times today, and I sent you four emails. I'm just a little nervous about VSAS, and, oh gosh, I probably shouldn't call. It's pretty late. Um, I'm sorry. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Uh, Dr. Lewis, this is Sunil. Um, I know it's 3 a.m., but I just uh, I couldn't sleep because I heard from this guy that was on IMED that um, if I don't get three slows by September 21st, that there's no chance of me matching. And I'm, um, I've am i already got two lined up, but I just, uh, I don't know. Um, okay, I'll, I'll call you back. Hey, Dr. Lewis, I, I'm sorry to call back at Sunil again. It's 3.30. I just was thinking about my phone call. It's probably inappropriate to call you in the middle of the night like that. I'm just really uh, concerned about getting three rotations. And uh, I know we have a meeting tomorrow at 8 a.m., but... Um, gosh, this is a bad idea. Okay, uh, I'll let you get some sleep. Bye. Hmm, maybe this should be a podcast. Okay, so we're here on the EM Stud podcast. I'm here with my good friend, ER Dr. Nate. Nate, how you doing today out there on the East Coast? I am doing great, Scott. How are things out West? We are right now flooding in Texas. Uh, we were in drought a few years ago, and now we had, I heard from my good friend down in San Antonio, four inches of rain, and uh, the power went off in the hospital, so we're enjoying a nice wet spring. Nate, the other thing that's raining is my email, my cell phone. I'm getting text. I'm getting notifications. I'm getting concerns from my students about rotations. How do you feel about this? Yeah, tell me about it. Definitely some excited and anxious students out there, but uh, given the time of the year, it's understandable. Oh, you bet. I think we talked a little bit about this, and last week the listserv for the Clerkship Directors in Emergency Medicine and also the Council of Residency Directors really got in some very good discussions about what we would probably call as a professional national crisis of spots for rotating students in their emergency medicine clerkship. This is a very interesting and certainly important topic, uh, considering that for years now we have advised students that it's ideal to have done two rotations, one home and one away. I don't know that I'd call it a crisis, but uh, you know, given the rising number of EM applicants each year, I think a lot of us do in fact wonder if there is enough room for everyone in the fourth year rotations. So we basically have talked about the slows, we've talked about VSAS, we've talked about the clerkships, and if you want more information, I suggest you go back to our past episodes on VSAS that we just did on four-letter words. We also did another session interviewing Sarah Ronan on the slow, that standardized letter of evaluation. Mike Van Meter was just on talking about this, and most recently, Adam Kellogg. You just did a great interview with him, and we've kind of talked about what the expectations are from our professional societies, most residency programs, but just to add even more objective data, Nate, we've got some friends that are here with us today. So I brought on my good friend, Kevin King. Kevin from San Antonio, Texas. Kevin, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Scott. Thanks. So Kevin, tell us a little bit more. You're a clerkship director. What else is going on? So I'm the Emergency Medicine Clerkship Director down here at the University of Texas Health Science Center uh, here in usually hot and dry San Antonio, but this spring it is cool and wet. Um, and like you, my email is lighting up and uh, raining with medical student concerns and uh, glad to be here. Excellent. We've also got another dear friend. Uh, Dara, are you still there in North Texas, a place we like to call New York City? Is that right? 
I am so far from Texas, and I plan on staying that way, but thank you very much, Scott. Uh, yeah, I'm actually um, the uh, Director of Undergraduate Medical Education, which is a fancy word for all student programs here at NYU in New York City. Uh, and much like Kevin, um, I so we don't actually participate in VSAS, which has been a huge gift because we're able to curate the applications a little bit more deliberately, but um, on my student end, we have uh, 35 students out of 130 going into EM this year, which is a huge proportion, and our applications for visiting electives are um, broader than we've ever had, and so I think we're all feeling the panic that I think the students are feeling, and we just want to make sure that everybody out there understands that we're here to um, help you guys and get everybody where they need to be. Exactly. So I really appreciate you guys coming on board. The reason we asked these two, uh, I think, amazing educators to help out is because, first of all, they're veterans. Uh, they've been doing this a number of years. They've graduated students. They've matched students. They've been there. They've done that. And also, these are real leaders in our field. So both Kevin and Dara are on the Student Advising Task Force for our organization. And so they've been doing a little bit of research and they're going to talk to us a little bit about some of the formal and informal findings. Guys, give us a little bit of a background on, on why we're doing this. So part of what we wanted to do is, is we recognize that um, students uh, face a large number of challenges when trying to decide how to apply for emergency medicine. We all know that emergency medicine is, is a fairly competitive field and there are a lot of people who are interested in it. Um, and so students undertake an enormous investment in time, uh, resources, uh, their monetary resources, their sweat equity, as it were. Uh, and we want to provide them the best information that we can provide them on how to do this in a reasonable way uh, and in a way that is reproducible and allows them to have a, a comfortable margin of yes, if you do these things, your opportunities in emergency medicine are going to be good. And those things, in particular number of EM rotations, it seems the perception of how many is needed has really crept up recently, leading to um, a frenzy of applying to and scheduling away rotations. Right. So I think that some of this, um, it came out of this idea that more is always better. Right. And so if I want to do something a lot, I should do more of it. And therefore, I'm going to do more rotations and I'm going to apply to more programs. And unfortunately, uh, way rotations are a limited resource. And so we want everyone to do as many rotations as they need to do to have a great shot at matching in emergency medicine. And so what Kevin and I did was ask the program directors in emergency medicine, how many rotations do you need the students to do? So if you're going towards the goal, ask the goalie. What exactly are they looking for? And so uh, we actually asked the program directors in EM, how many rotations are they looking for to set somebody up for an interview? And then how many are they looking for to set somebody up to match? And we were actually really surprised, pleasantly surprised at the data. Kev, you want to go into it? For the record, by the way, I liked her explanation a lot better than mine, so uh, that was good. Okay, yeah, I'd love to go on the data, uh, Dara. So uh, let me just pull it up here real quick. And so uh, we, we conducted uh, what, what I would qualify as an informal um, survey of program directors back in December of 2015. And we were just trying to get a feel for where the program directors were. And this data has not been reviewed. It hasn't been published. So I don't want folks to think that this is an end all and be all. But it certainly, I think, is going to give our, uh, your audience 
a, an opportunity to have some insight into what what we think the majority of program directors are looking for. And what we've discovered is <clears throat> that the requirements are actually fairly reasonable. We know that 80% of our respondents are really looking for one uh, rotation slash slow in order to extend an interview uh, invitation, and that 95% of programs really want two slows to place their students on a rank list. So really the majority of programs, 80% plus, have fairly reasonable and obtainable uh, standards for our students to meet, which is one rotation by the end of September and two by the time interview season is drawing to a close. Yeah, and I think that the other thing to remember is why they want you to do rotations in the first place. So away rotations and home rotations serve very similar purposes, which is to make sure that emergency medicine is good for you and that you're good for emergency medicine. And so if you take that feeling as the inspiration of why you're going to do your rotations, it's not as particular as figuring out if a specific program is right for you. You don't have to do a rotation at every program that you're interested in. You don't have to be in front of every program director for a rotation. That's why we have an interview season. This is only about understanding if you can spend a month doing emergency medicine and if you're happy and if you feel like it's a good fit for you as a student to pick a career. And so I think, yes, Scott? I was going to jump in there. You make a really good point about not having to rotate at a facility before getting your interview application in. So when would be a good time? Is it okay to do a rotation maybe during interview season, maybe in a November, a December, January? Is that acceptable? So I think that that's actually a really good idea because I think that one of the things a late rotation is totally fine if you have done one before that, right? So you want to have one rotation in the bag before your application goes out because that makes you a vetted candidate in emergency medicine. Somebody that has done it and known what it's like. A lot of schools don't have a required clerkship in emergency medicine, so many students actually come through the application season and their first rotation is the only time they've been in an ER. And as program directors, you know, when you're looking at a thousand applications, you want to make sure the person's actually walked a day in your shoes before you offer them an interview spot. But if you're actually applying, let's say, across the country, and there's a program, if you're in New York and you want to go to California, or if you want to go to Oregon, if you do a rotation in November or December, if they have it available, you could also probably lump that in with an interview. Because one of the other things we found in our survey is that a lot of programs, a majority of programs, will offer interviews to candidates that rotate with them. And so if for some reason you find that you're having a hard time getting that second rotation, there is an advantage to doing it during interview season if it's available because you might even be able to decrease the cost of travel. Because one of the other things we know is the cost of being a fourth year medical student is astronomical the cost to travel for interviews and to do over rotations is not nominal. And um, we, we lump that into the cost of doing business. And that's not really fair to the students. Great points. So to sum up, it sounds like really most programs are looking for two rotations, two slows to put an applicant on the rank list. But most places only need uh, one on the books before offering an interview. Probably a bit more breathing room in the fourth year than many students may think. And, as it turns out, there was even more discussion about this topic just a few weeks ago on the CDIM and CORD listservs. 
Kevin, your thoughts on sort of the consensus of the group? So, you know, there was a, there was a lot of activity. Uh, and honestly, this comes from, uh, I think, our perspective as educators, really trying to look out for the best interests of our students and trying to help um, people be successful. Because ultimately, that's what we as a body of educators, both on the residency side and the medical student side, want for our, for our, our learners is we want them to be successful in their goals. And in the end, the consensus really was that one rotation to get an interview is fine. You'll do, you'll do fine. There's really no added need to getting more than one rotation in order to land that interview. And then a total of two rotations to be placed on a rank list, that is two rotations by December timeframe-ish, um, is also uh, more than adequate for the majority of the program directors who participate in the conversation. Awesome. Dara, Kevin, since we have you here, we'd like to ask you a few questions from our listeners. Scott, what do you have for them? Guys, I really love being in the ED, my students say. Why can't I just do more? What else am I supposed to be doing this year? What do you guys tell your students? So I'll actually answer that because I was born to do emergency medicine, right? I love being an emergency medicine doctor. I was a kid that showed up the first day in the ER of medical school, um, and I only wanted to do emergency medicine for all of medical school. Every rotation had some component of ER, and I went there. Um, the thing about away rotations is they're a limited resource. And so as much as it's great that you want to do as much emergency medicine time in your fourth year as possible, the time between July and October, or even July and December, is not the time to feast on emergency medicine. Uh, it's the time to do it deliberately and to be on your game. The other thing I say to students a lot is if they choose to do three rotations, for example, back to back to back, by the third month, you're tired, and you're not necessarily going to be entirely on your game. So you're not even really doing yourself any favors. If you want to be the best intern in emergency medicine, then do orthopedics or ENT or the SICU. There are so many great electives you can do in the fourth year that contribute to your career as, an, as a really good emergency medicine doctor. You will get plenty of time in the emergency department over the course of a career. And so it's not the only time. It's definitely more fun. I mean, we do all agree with that. We love doing this job. But um, from, from July until December, uh, I would say do what you have to do to get a good application in and then leave the rest for everybody else. And I would agree with that. The only two rotations I tell my students to, to look for are, are, I think, off though is super useful for a future emergency physician. We don't really get a lot of that in our residency training. Uh, and dermatology. If you can describe a rash accurately, you are ahead of the game. So, and not only that, they happen to uh, really primarily work Monday through Friday, what, nine to two, something like that? Not really. They work hard. No, they don't. They work smart. <laughs> Another question from our listeners. I am not sure if I should schedule my away rotation first, since I'll be right out of my third year, I'll have just taken step two, so I'll have all that stuff fresh in my brain, or if I should do my home rotation first to sort of get my feet wet. Won't I look less like a rock star if I do just okay on an away rotation later on once everyone else has gotten a feel for EM? Right, so I think that that's a two-pronged question. It's if you have a mandatory rotation in emergency medicine, you've already done some time before an away rotation. 
but I tell my students, and this actually really is complicated for my advanced degree students, so students that go away for an MBA or an MPH and come back, and then their fourth year is a lot more complicated, um, I always say to them, if possible, you want to rotate at home before you go away so we can make you the best you know, you, you can be, and that we give you some leeway to work your kinks out, and then we send you off to be a, a star. Um, and that's not to say that if you can't do your home rotation first, you're at a disadvantage, but it's we are all interested in creating the best applicants, the best students, and the best doctors possible. And so that's what your home rotation is for. It's for your, your, your parents, your group, to raise you and to let you fly away, young chickie. And so um, that's the only reason to do it first if you can. If you can't, it's not a deal breaker, but I definitely think if you can, it's to your advantage. Um, there's only there's two more things I want to say. So I think that for any students out there that are really nervous about your application or matching at a specific program, um, make sure to spend time and ask your clerkship director, whoever the advocate for students is at your institution, um, and spell out why you're nervous and be as honest as you can early on, because um, that really helps us help you. And the other thing is that if there is a particular residency that you are absolutely dedicated to, so your significant other wants to live in a certain city, or you grew up in that city and you want to go home and be a resident in the, in the hospital that you, you know, were born in, and you didn't get a rotation there, let us know so we can connect with, the other, with, our, with our colleagues there and make sure that you're a known entity. Um, this community is very tight of educators in emergency medicine. And we are all interested in everybody matching at the program that is right for them in the place that they're going to be happy and supported. And so um, the best thing that any students who are listening can do for themselves is to be honest and open communicators and to listen to what we say and believe us. And to realize that if we tell you you're going to be fine, you're going to be fine because we're here for you. Well, folks, you heard it right there. You can't have said it better yourself. So we have two great veterans that have joined the Imstead podcast today that I think dovetail with the other information we've heard from everyone out there in that take-home point, one slow is all you need for your interview, maybe two, and if you want to get a third, do it later during interview season or not at all. Fourth year is your chance to do a lot more creative and career-building fundamentals. So, Dara, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on to the EM Stud podcast. We look forward to having you back soon, and have a wonderful kickoff season. Clerkships begin. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Have a great day, guys. Big thanks once again to Dr. Kevin King at UT San Antonio and Dr. Dara Cass at NYU for sharing their time and expertise. Also, check out Dr. Cass's awesome work at Fem and EM which can be found at feminem.org. For more on the EM Stud Podcast and other great student resources, visit our website at www.cdemcurriculum.com, where you can also find a list of some available away rotation spots compiled by clerkship directors across the country. And in case you haven't already noticed, we phased out our previous website, but you can continue to find our previous episodes on our old RSS feed and on iTunes. Stay tuned for more to come from Dr. Scott Weirs and myself on EM Studs.